Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. What great families we have in this church. Amen? Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, everyone. Who is a father and celebrating fathers or an example of a father? We really do honour and celebrate you today. I'd love to pray for you if that's okay. Um, so if you're brave enough, um, can I get all the dads just to stand up? And then if you're a, a guy, I'm going to say over the age of 18, I want you to stand up too. Just any guys in the house. You don't have to stand, by the way. It's not like a you must stand or else. No, we won't do that. But all of you hold a figure of fatherhood. You're an example to people. And um, one of our beautiful intercessors, our prayer team, said she, she thinks we should do this, and I agree. And I just want you to look around, and all these people sitting down are praying for you, supporting you, standing with you. And so, Father, I thank you for these mighty men. I thank you, God, for their hearts to serve you. I thank you for their love, for their kids, and for the people around them. I pray that you would help them, Lord, in this day and age to be strong in who they are. Father, at times in a culture that would ask them to be quiet and to step back and to sit down, I pray that they would stand firm in their love for you and others. And I thank you, Holy Spirit that you are just filling their heart with peace right now. God, you're mending and healing in areas that you need to. You're strengthening and establishing and equipping them, as you always do. We trust you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate these men. We honour you and celebrate you. It's good. I'm looking around. There's a lot of legacy and heritage here. And uh, we're so grateful for men that continue to turn up, come to church most Sundays, probably when you don't always feel like it. You're such an example to people around you. And you should be immensely proud. And uh, we are immensely proud of you and grateful for you. So, yeah, bless you. Um, we are going to get into our message today, if that's okay. And uh, I won't take too much time because I'm sure you all have Father's Day things to do and socks to wear and, yeah, all those things. I got a mulcher. <sighs> I got to tell you, there's something very satisfying about crushing things. It's just really good. My wife gave it to me and said, just don't crush anybody with it. I said, I won't. I won't. That's good. But um, I don't know why I'm saying that. But anyway, it's good. Hey, you guys are amazing. Who enjoyed our, our men this morning? Just so you know, if you're here with us today, we don't only allow the men in the worship team, but we wanted today for Father's Day just to have the guys up and, uh, and celebrate that. And, uh, and that was such a wonderful prayer from Nicole. Um, that really blessed me and touched my heart. And actually, I was like, oh, she's been reading my message notes because she's pulling the examples. And, uh, and that was really great. Thank you. But um, it's good. Bless you. Be seated. Have fun. Don't go too far. 
If you need to have a cigarette, just go and do it quickly. We, we'll get you back soon. Maybe a, a cigar. That's right. They're classier than that. That's true. That's very true. Well, we do want to acknowledge and celebrate our dads today. But this recognizing that this may be a different day for all of us. Um, today is a day to honor and be grateful, to show that we are grateful for fathers. In fact, uh, Father's Day has a very long history, believe it or not. It was uh, celebrated within the church all the way back in the medieval times uh, where they would celebrate Joseph. It was called St. Joseph's Day, uh, where they would honor and celebrate the father of Jesus who had to do a lot and had to trust God a lot and uh, was called to believe when it really made him look not so popular in the culture around him. Um, He chose to just step up and be the dad and go, yep, cool, apparently my wife's pregnant and it's from God. I'm going to have to trust him in this and go, okay. And he went with it and God spoke to him about it, encouraged him in it, but that took real guts. And so they've been celebrating that that moment of fatherhood for, for many, many years. And then in the 1700s uh, or thereabouts, a, a woman was in church in America and they were celebrating mums. And she had actually grown up because her mum had passed with her single dad who had raised three children. And she was like, I want to honor my dad. So she started to get everyone in the church to honor dads on a particular day. But oh, I recognize that not all of us have the same relationship with our dads. Not all of us have the same relationship with one another. As, as, as spouses, as children, but I think recognizing and honoring the men in our lives who have played some form of paternal role in our world, and it doesn't have to be our biological father. I have many men in my life that have stepped in and done things for me like a dad would when my dad was really sick, and so we can recognize and honor that. Some of us have had difficult relationships with their dads, and this may be a difficult day, but I hope it's a day that you can reflect Again, on those who have, had an, who have had an influence and can still be grateful. Some of us have fathers who have passed on. And again, this could be a day that is challenging, but one to remember and live out their legacy. But for all of us today, this moment is an opportunity. And whether you've been with us for many years or whether this is your first Sunday with us, it is an opportunity for us to reflect on the love of our Heavenly Father and allow that love to fill us to affirm us, and to shape us. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to be reading out of a very short passage and then expanding on that out of the book, or the letter, rather, of 1 John, which was a letter written by the Apostle John, uh, one of the last letters written that we have within Scripture uh, to encourage different people within the churches that he was writing to. Um, And it's an interesting letter. As you break it apart, he really is articulating uh, what it means to be God's children and how God's children then live. And he, in a way, it's one of John's harder letters. It's kind of, you read it, it's a little bit every now and then, if I'm not feeling good about myself, I won't read one John because I recognize more of the weakness in me than I can reflect with the the, the good parts of the, the, the passage. But he talks a lot about how we can be identified. So he says, those that live righteously and do things that are good, they're, they're children of God. And if not, they're children of the other guy. And it's confronting. But the heart of what he's trying to say The heart of it is that those who know they're loved, those who have connected with the love of the Father, 
have come to a recognition that they are not just loved creatures of a creator, but they are loved children of a father. And from that perspective, their world has been shaped. I, before I was a pastor, would work uh, in in the uh, foster care space, I would be working with many, many different kids from different backgrounds. And, and for some of them, their, their worlds were so shaped in the negative because their experience had not been one from an affirming, loving father. There is something powerful for us as dads that can actually affirm and accept and honor and bring about a, a pulling together of our children and who they are, and that will impact the way they live. And so this is what John is talking about. And, and the scripture I want to talk about and look at right now is, is really half a verse. It's just a sentence and a little bit. But it's like the pinnacle of one John. Because if we don't understand this, trying to then work out how we live as God's children, is going to be impossible. So 1 John 3, 1, some of you may know it very well. For some of us, it might be the first time we've encountered it. But it's powerful. It says this, See how great a love the Father has given to us, that we may be called His children. And this is who we are. See how great a love the Father has given to us, that we may be called His children, and this is who we are. This is very uh, clever of John. He's putting a lot of thought into just this short phrase here. What he's saying is he's first connecting the great love of the Father. What's the evidence of how good that love is? We hear about a loving God all the time. How do we know He's loving? Is it if I get the things that I prayed for? Is it because I got that promotion that I really, really wanted? Is it because I got the healing that I was really hoping for? Is it because I didn't have to go through the suffering that I wanted to avoid? It's none of those things. The evidence of His great love, first and foremost with nothing else that will ever compare to this greatest of evidence, is that He calls us His children. You're not getting it. The Creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one that stands apart, the one that you might not even believe is real and tries to push against, but you cannot deny there is something significant happening in this place here today. There is something significant happening in our world, and that is because it is in the hands of a father. And he doesn't call us his creatures. He doesn't call us his workers. He doesn't call us what we deserve to be called. He calls us His children. How great. And I love He says this. He says, see. That's a really important word. I know it doesn't seem important, but it is. Another way to say it is, guys, look. Yeah, I see it. No, 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 no. Really look. Look how great His love is. 
we don't deserve to be his children. And in the context of who he's speaking to, they're constantly failing, disappointing. We don't. Look, you're his children. And he calls you his children. But then I love this follow-up line. And by the way, that's what we are. Just in case you thought, nah, that can't be true. No, no, no. Really, he doesn't just call you his children. You are my son. You are my daughter. You're awesome. No, no, you really are. You're mine. And from that security, from that place of knowing that you are loved, accepted, affirmed, embraced, that will radically change the way we live our lives and experience freedom. Nicole before was sharing in her prayer the the beautiful image that is found in the story of the prodigal son, which is a a, a story that Jesus portrays in Luke, was rather captured in Luke. And it's a story of a son who who is from a very wealthy father and he's constantly looking at the inheritance that he is going to get from his father. He has the wrong image of this relationship. And he realizes that, hang on a minute, One day when he goes, I'm going to get it all. So why can't I just have it now? So he goes to his dad and says, hey, can I have my inheritance? In fact, he doesn't ask. He says, give me my inheritance. And his father's very wise. I wouldn't have done this, but he has a wisdom that is deeper. He gives it to him. And he knows exactly what's going to happen. Anyone who has their son, come. And you've been saving and realizing and pulling all this stuff together to bless your children and they come to you one day and say, okay, give it to me now. And last week you watched them what they spent their money on and you're like, I don't know if you're going to be good with this, but here you go. He knows what's going to happen. He goes and he spoils it all. He spends it all. He wastes it on everything and nothing. And it finds himself at the point of his poverty after he spent everything He's working as a slave, just trying to get the food that he was feeding to the pigs that he had to now work with. And there's a point in the story where he's at his absolute end, where it says he came to himself. And he said, if I can just get back to my father's house, so he's halfway there, maybe he would just have me as a hired servant. And so he's not there yet. So he starts this journey back, and, and the scripture is very clear. The story is really clear. It says, while he was still a far way off, his father sees him, which means his father was standing there for a long time, waiting for him to return. And before his son can get to him, his father runs out to him, embraces him. Before he even get out the word saying, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, he starts the sentence and his dad grabs him and holds him. And he says, quick, go and get a robe. Get the ring that represents he's part of my family. He's got my credit. He's allowed to be connected. Whatever he asks for, it's all good. And get him some sandals. Restore dignity to this boy. He is my son and he's returned to me. That is how God thinks about us. Anytime you feel like, 
I don't even know if I should be here. Some of you might be in this church right now going, I don't know if I want to be here, but I also don't know if I should be here. The Father says, you are welcome. Warts and all, mistakes and all. And then there's the other son who sees all this going on and is jealous. And so the father has to go to him and say, God, son, you've got it wrong. We are about a family of love. I pour out my love so that you can then pour out love. And so what we see in this dynamic is that his love is not just something that identifies or brings an identification of them as his sons. It then is a love that shapes the way he wants them to live. And this is what this passage is about that we're reading here today. That the Father's gift to us is his love, and then his vision for us as his family is love. It all begins with his love toward us. His immense, perfect love. A love that is so perfect, that is so full, that it defines his very essence as our God. Later on in 1 John, he says this in chapter 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Knowing we are loved again is crucial to our formation of self, our worth and how we function in this world. And so as a dad, my love is constantly there to affirm who my children are. I don't say, kids, can you put away the dishes? Good job. Now I love you. I do like you putting away the dishes there. Thank you. It makes me look really good because mum comes home and she's like, the kitchen's so clean. I know. Yes, it's very clean. I directed well. I need to affirm in them who they are. I need to affirm in them constantly. No matter what they do in this life, I love them. No matter what anyone else says about them, I think they're awesome. No matter how many times they mess it up, I'm still going to be here for them. When you know that you know that you know that you can't fail, failure becomes less and less. When you were expected to fail in life, guess what? You'll fail in life. But when you are affirmed time and time again, now my love compared to the love of God is evil in comparison. That's how much he loves and believes in you. This is the love the Father has given to you. He's called you his children because you call yourself something else. And I'm not talking about the person who got saved last week. I'm talking about... You, sir, or madam, that have been following the Lord for 20 years and you still get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and wonder, does God really love me? Yes. You are loved and you are secure in that love and nothing can take you out of that love. That's good news. I'll, I'll clap for Jesus because that's great news. That's really good news. You are loved. Many people in our society, because of a lack of guidance in their formative years, do not know who they are. 
They don't know their value, their purpose, that they are loved, that they are secure. And the result is how they behave. We have to be very careful how we judge people. We don't know the background they have. We don't know what their childhood was like. We don't know what they experienced. People act out of a self-belief. And their belief is formed by the things we put in them as a society. And this is why we as a church don't want to just be a come sit on Sunday and go home. We want to be a transformative community. We want to be a church where people can belong in community. So we put on house churches every weekend. And as of next week, we'll be doing one here. Because we realize, asking you if you've come one or two times, that might be a bit weird to have to go to someone's home. Well, come here. Come back. Check us out. See if we're legit. Honestly, don't just sign up. We might be crazy. Come back. Connect for a little while. We want to help you get connected. Because when you are connected, you are supported. When you are supported, you are affirmed. When you are affirmed and you test the boundaries of that affirmation, we will keep being consistent in our love for you. Won't we, church? Yes, because when we do that, you start to realize, hang on a minute, I'm loved. So the things I used to do to actually find my own sense of self or worth that were only hurting me and the people around me, maybe I don't need to do those things anymore. Maybe I can live a life of freedom because apparently Jesus Christ came to set us free. And if we live in a community that enforces and, and sorry, uh, reinforces that love, that's going to be good. Yes? Yes. Okay, good. Very good. What are we at? I've got eight minutes and 50, 49, 48, 47. It's counting down. And then, and, then, and then I go, oh, it's optional. So what you need to do, if you really want me to stick to that, guys, you need to build like a little hole. And when the time is up, I'm gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. You are loved. You are loved. The Father's gift to us is His love and His vision for us as His family is anger, His gossip. That's His vision. No. His vision for us when He so richly poured out His love. And proved it, by the way, through his son hanging on a cross for us. He gave it all, everything he had to prove his love. And his vision for us is to do the same. It's to love. You're not ever really going to get much more than that in my messages, by the way. You're waiting for some profound next level of truth. I'll keep reminding you. Love God, love one another. Love God, love one another. Lord, how are we going to redeem this world? How are we going to change this world? How are we actually going to bring healing to this world? Really, really complex. Love me, love each other. No, wait. What's the secret other thing? There is none. That's it. Love God, love each other. He loves, we give love. So God is guiding us as a family and a community, what it looks like to be his children. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. The Father's love then shapes how we love one another, and this is where it gets a little hard. I, um, I, I love my dad. I really do, but there were a few years that were really tough on our family. And I remember being 19 years old, I'd come back to God and I'd started to finally connect with the reality. I'm a slow learner, you might be faster, but I started to connect with the reality that maybe God loves me. I was like, oh, he actually loves me. Because I'd left church because I was sick and tired of trying to live up to a standard I could never meet. Because I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, but I was kind of naughty. I'm kind of just, I just don't know why, I'm a slow learner, I just but I constantly ran into the love of God. And then I started to think, well, what do I do with this love? And one of the first and most challenging steps was to mend and heal the relationship with my dad. And it was hard because there was a lot of misunderstanding in me. It wasn't his fault, it was mine. And I remember the moment where I came and I apologized to my dad. And I honestly can't explain the level of freedom I felt in that moment. And for some of you today, your connection with your dad or others has been absolutely marred through things they have done to you or things that you've experienced, but maybe today can be a step in, in releasing out forgiveness. Now, here's what I want to say, that trust and forgiveness are very different. Do you know God loves you unconditionally, but it doesn't mean He trusts you. The Bible says, if you're faithful with a little, I'll give you more. God is always looking to whether we can be trusted with what He gives us. He will love you unconditionally, but His trust is built. So forgiving someone and loving someone when they've hurt you doesn't mean you have to go then and trust them. Because that's earned. That's something that needs to be felt and seen and grown. And that's about keeping you safe. But love is unconditional from God, and what He asks us to do, if we want to receive that fully, is to release that forgiveness out to people. And I know they don't deserve it, but neither did we. And I know that they've hurt you, and I'm not undermining that hurt, and maybe you need to get lots of healing for that hurt. I am a big fan of getting healing. I spent years and years and years in prayer and in Christian counseling and in therapy, moving forward out of my pain and my hurt. But the point will come where you do eventually need to release forgiveness. And that is how it flows. Because he ultimately is forming in us a love that is changing and softening our heart, enabling us to bring love. Because what he wants to do, people, is he wants you to be reconciled to God. Yeah, absolutely to God. But if that was the end of the game, then, then we don't need to go to church. You don't. And if, if the end result was all you have to do is receive the love and then love God, game over, baby. That means you can go to church and a different church every single week. As soon as someone's upset you, please go, because the only goal is to love God. Unfortunately, it's not. What he wants to do is reconcile us to one another. What he wants to do, kids, is reconcile you to your parents sometimes when they're driving you crazy. And mums and dads, they, you, God wants you to be reconciled to your children that 
are driving you crazy. And friends and sisters and siblings, God wants to reconcile you to one another, even though you really, Christmas is like interesting. (laughs) Oh, they're coming for Christmas. Yay. Be reconciled. It's real. But this is his vision. Man, the last prophecy, the prophets in the Old Testament had a big job. I've got two minutes and nine seconds for some of you wondering if I'm going over time. I'm not. Good. Five, four, three, two. They had a job to prophesy to people what God was about to do through the Messiah. The last prophet that we have within our books is in Malachi. And one of the last things he declares to the people of God, the purpose and the plan of what God would be doing, is to turn the hearts of the Father to the children and the hearts of the children to the Father. Now fast forward to the context of this letter, and we are living in a world where fathers and men were held in an area and a place that was completely out of perspective. They didn't need to do anything in their family, they didn't need to do anything in their life, and they must be respected because they are men, and everyone else is subservient to them. And what John and Jesus and all the prophets and the apostles said is that now we are called into a new day where we will serve and prefer one another. And what that means is you might have a different place in the society. Maybe someone has more wealth or less wealth than you. It is meaningless to God. It means we're all on the same page and playing field and we are called to serve and love one another. Some of you have a different political preference in this church and that's okay because we put that aside to serve and love one another. Some of you had an interesting family. You've been here for 20 years. You know people in this church and you've had some moments and connections that were not so good. God is asking you to put that aside and to serve and love one another. Because his whole vision And I think this is great for our generations because we are a generational church. That we are serving, loving, honoring, and respecting one another. And in that, the body is complete. The gifts are celebrated. Everything fits into its place. And we are working as one. And it's zero. And I'm done. Two last thoughts. 1 John 4.11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. And this, from Mr. N.T. Wright, says, Love incarnate must be the badge that the Christian community wears. The sign not only of who they are, but of who their God is. People don't really know who God is until they see it revealed in the life of Christians. Until that is, His love is completed in us. What God launched decisively in Jesus, He wants to complete in and through us. As Jesus unveiled God before a surprised and unready world, so must we. Love is that important. So today... Father's Day, some of us need to receive again in a vivid and real and powerful way the love that the Father has for you, that you are a child 
of God. And then for others, God is now asking us to release that love to one another. Good? Right. So why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that through you, we are co-heirs, adopted sons and daughters into the family of God. And so today I ask that your spirit who is here right now with us would fill us afresh with the experiential love of the Father. If you need that, just put your hands out in front of you. Come Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Let us know who we are in you. If we've lost sight of who we are because of the things we've done, Lord, we repent not only of the things we've done, but more importantly, Lord, we repent of that thought that somehow something could separate us from the love of God. And we come back to you and we receive your love as your children. Now, at the end of this service, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never actually taken a step to say, I need God in my life, I'm going to encourage you. Just come and talk to one of us down here. We'd love to pray with you and help you take that first step. But even while you're sitting here, just let the love of God fill your heart. And now, Lord, let that love be shaped in the way that we love. I thank you for the people that you've already put on our minds and our hearts. I pray that you give us the courage this week to reach out, to start a journey, to say sorry or release forgiveness. Help us to love one another and thus reveal you as our Father. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your love. Amen. Amen? Good. All right. Be blessed. Go and get socks. Get a barbecue going. We're having Rubens, which will be good. What's other people having today? Ben, do you know? No. Aikens? No. Kingston's? What? Restaurant. That's nice. That's very good. What are you guys doing for lunch? Go and find somewhere to eat. I love that. Living on the edge. It's like we're going to find somewhere. Somewhere will be open and ready for us. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. You're like, where do you want to do today? Whatever. We don't have children anymore. Let's go. Woohoo. That's awesome. Where are you going? Ah, oh, croissants. That's awesome. Aren't the French clever to make croissants for us? So good. Very good. Matt, what are you going to have for lunch? Something healthy for Judah, right? Just getting ready. When do you leave? For Judah? Ah, soon. Okay. What's happening next week? We are Home Church is here. Ben and M. Rundle. Yep. Come back. Say hi. Or go to another home church. You can connect with one of us. Again, if you'd like to talk or find prayer or just need prayer in general, come down the front. Otherwise, God bless you. See you later. Have fun.
Love you, dads. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.